Hi, my name's Ryan Perry. I'm the pastor at Seneca Baptist Church, and we are so thankful that you're joining us in this online resource. Our prayer for you is that this resource would not replace your active involvement in a local body of Christ, but would rather be supplemental to it. If you are interested in getting further connected to the ministry of Seneca Baptist Church or to giving financially, please visit our website, SenecaBaptist.org. Thank you and enjoy. And everyone says, I am just telling you, uh, the last two Sundays uh, in the time of worship has just been so powerful for me. I've enjoyed it, enjoyed it so, so much, uh, getting to hang out with the choir as they were practicing and, and just letting the Holy Spirit inside of me just start moving and uh, just with anticipation of coming out and and worshiping with this church family. I, I've just enjoyed it so, so much, so much. Uh, for those of you that do not know me, uh, I'm Mark Bagwell. Uh, I preached here last Sunday. For those that are, you guys are here for the first Sunday since that time, obviously y'all didn't get the word or you may not have come uh, <laughs> this Sunday. But uh, no, it's just awesome, awesome to... Uh, be back with you again. I, 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 like I said last Sunday, I wish uh, each one of you just had an opportunity to just start over here and just come up and look out at you guys uh, to have that opportunity. Matter of fact, if you just want to look around right now, you can. Just, just look around and see the, the matter. And again, I, sort of like last Sunday, just look at the person beside you and say, you look marvelous this morning. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Come on, husbands. Let, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, you do, though. You just look marvelous. And uh, again, uh, what a joy it is. We're so glad that Pastor Ryan is back in the United States safely uh, and his sidekick that was with him. And I know that the, the, the adrenaline and the energy is flowing out of them, and then there's also jet lag. So I pray that he uh, recovers well, that they have their time of quarantine. Uh, Sheila and I are actually leaving for vacation right after the service, but when I get back, I can't wait to get with him and hear about his trip there in Africa. You take a, a bunch of hungry teenagers for Jesus... And then you take the passion that Pastor Ryan has and you put them together. I'm sure some wonderful things happened last week as we all prayed for them. And, and so we're so glad, so glad he's, he's home and he will be back with you next Sunday. Uh, we're going to go back to the Lord in prayer before I, I start my sermon this morning. And I'm going to ask you to do the same thing this morning that I asked you to do last Sunday. And uh, I just sort of got emotional as we were singing the song, Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Because as I pray right now, I'm going to ask each one of you to pray. Not just listen to my words as I'm speaking to the Lord. And that's a, that's a good thing when we hear people pray and we engage with what they're saying. But I truly, truly desire that you 
spend some time praying to him. I, I, I'll just be very honest with you. Uh, I would start off by saying, Lord, thank you for letting me be a part of this worship service this morning. Thank you for allowing my voice to, to lift up with my church family to you. But I also want you to pray and ask the Lord to open your brain, uh, open your eyes, open your ears, and open your heart to what he wants to say to you today. Because again, I am convinced from the youngest to the oldest here this morning, God wants to speak to you. And it might be through me. But it may just be him speaking to you. I'm sure that's probably happened to you before. The preacher's just preaching away and God's just talking to you about whatever he's saying or whatever he wants you to hear. So man, I don't want you to miss anything that God has to say to you this morning. So Father, we just passionately and humbly come to you this morning with just thanksgiving on our hearts, just being able to, to just uh, stand with this wonderful church family and, and again lift our voices to you uh, to hear the choir sing what a beautiful name Jesus is, what a wonderful name, what a powerful name the name of Jesus is. And so God, I pray that, that each one of us sitting here right now will be open to you for the next few moments that we, we share together and we open up your word. Uh, we pray, Lord, that you would just bless us like only you can, that you will speak to our hearts, our minds. Uh, we will have ears open to hear what you would have us to hear today. And we will not take it for granted. We will thank you for it. And we pray it in the beautiful and wonderful name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen, amen. I'm going to talk to you uh, today about a guy named David, who is definitely one of my heroes uh, in the Bible. Now, uh, I believe that all of us as Christians, and as we've read uh, through the Bible, especially the Old Testament, and i got to just tell you this, y'all have just overwhelmed me this morning as I've met many of you that were here last Sunday, and y'all have looked at me and said, I read Psalm 63. I read Psalm 63. And then one guy looked at me and he said, I couldn't remember what chapter you said to read, so I just read, and I thought he was going to say all of Psalms. But he said, I just started with 60 and went through all the 60s. And that just thrilled me. Because chapter 62 is an awesome one too. And there's, there's, there's the awesome, awesome uh, chapters in there of David's writing. And, and we're going to talk about David. And I've just got to establish something that we all know. If you were asked who is the greatest king of Israel, uh, you would say King David. And guys, I have been to Israel. My dad started taking me to Israel when I was eight years old. He baptized me in the Jordan River uh, when I was eight years old. And matter of fact, I was with you guys, some of you, back in March 2020 uh, as we went over there. And that was like my 22nd, 23rd trip going. And if you was to ask the Jewish people, who is your greatest king, they would say King David. And a lot of times, they would answer if you ask, well, why do you say that? And just like some of us would, well, as a boy, he, 
he killed the giant. And that's very true. And I wished I had time to just talk about that exploit of, of David and, and the giant and just how magnificent that was. I will just say this. If you remember, uh, uh, the giant was very uh, ticked off that this boy had came out. And literally the giant started trash talking David. He said this, am I a dog that you would send a child out to fight me? He was so mad. And he said, he looked at David and he said, today I am going to kill you. I'm going to pull your body apart and I'm going to feed you to the birds. <laughs> and David looked back at him and said, no, 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 no. You've got that all wrong. You come at me with sword and shield, but I come at you with the, with the power of Jehovah, Yahweh, God. And, and the deal is, because of his power, I'm going to kill you today. I'm going to have your body pulled apart and feed to the birds. And what, did, what does the Bible say that, that, that the giant began to do? He started charging David. He was so mad. And the most beautiful thing about it is David didn't hide behind a tree or a rock and get his sling and do like this. It says that David charged him. And we know the story from there, right? So we all can agree that David was a manly man. He was a warrior. He was that kind of guy. But I want to tell you something else about our awesome, awesome hero, David. David was the only guy that's been mentioned in the Bible that God said, this man is a man after my heart. So I want, to, I want you to read something with me. I, I, I have a few things up here on the screen that, that we're going to put up. In his book, it's called Soul Craving. Erwin Raphael McManus writes so eloquently about intimacy, intimacy and love. And this is what he says. It says this, we are most alive when we find it. Stay with me. Read that. We are most alive when we find intimacy and love. Most devastated when we lose it. Most empty when we give up on it. Most inhuman when we betray it. And most passionate when we pursue it. Isn't that, isn't that an incredible, incredible statement? I, I would read it again, but just sake of time, I won't. But so today we're going to talk about intimacy. We're actually going to talk about a love affair with the Father. And this, this intimacy that David had with the Father. And so I'm, I'm, I break the word intimacy down like this. In to me see. Will you say that with me? In to me see. And, and literally when we have a relationship with God, we want that relationship to be intimate. We want him to see inside of us. Some, some people may say, well, I, I really, I, there's things that I really don't want God to see. He sees those anyhow. 
And it's okay. He loves you. And what did I tell you last week? And you're beautiful to him right now just the way you are with your, your wonderful things in your life, but also those things that, that are hard that, that maybe you're not making the right decisions on. But you want God to see them because as he sees them, he can help you move through them into me see but not only do we want God to see inside of us we want to see in him as well I believe with all my heart the number one reason that God created us is to have an intimate relationship with him now many times when when people are asked why did God create us our, our first statement and I've said this I've even preached this our first statement is to worship him but I honestly believe the number one reason that God created us is to have an intimate relationship with him. And from that, worship just flows. So as we have that relationship, we will just worship him everywhere, all over the place. And so let's go to Psalm 63. And uh, let's sort of get the setting here. Uh, David as you know, was anointed king at an early age. But did he become king the next week? No. It was years away from the time that he was anointed that he became king. And, and so there was a lot of things that happened to David, good and hard. And right now we know that he's hiding in a cave and, and, and things are just piling up on him. And, and all of a sudden, just like uh, the 23rd Psalm and, and other Psalms that we read, in, in David's hardest times is when David started talking about the greatness and the beauty and the, he began to remember those things that God had done for him. And this Psalm comes out of that. So I, I just share that with you because I encourage you in those times that, that are in your deepest despair, the Lord tells us to worship him. And, and I've tried that. I've, I've, I, and I, I can say here and tell you that I, I, I've proven it to be wonderful. And it's not always easy. I'm not saying that. But when we can begin to sing to him and remember the great things that he's done for us, even in our times of pain, it's a beautiful thing. And this is what happens in Psalm 63. All of a sudden, David writes this. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. Now, we're going to stop right there for a minute. I, I'm, I'm going to go through the whole chapter, and, and I can't stop at every single verse. But I'm going to stop at a lot of them. But I just want to stop right there. God, you are my God. And what does it say? I earnestly seek you. Now, let me ask this question. How many of you have played hide-and-go-seek in the last week? There we go, there we go, there we go. Grandparents in here, am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Okay, all right, all right. For those of you that haven't, you need to go home and play hide-and-go-seek this afternoon. It's fun. It is fun. I mean, and you may think, well, Mark, that's about the silliest thing I've ever heard. But let me just tell you, as a grandparent, uh, I, my oldest is seven, then six, then four, and two. So we've got two like this. And uh, I've been playing hide-and-go-seek a lot 
for the last at least uh, seven years with our grandchildren. And it, it's a great experience uh, uh, when, when, when uh, we, we uh, do hide and seek with the smaller ones, you know. Y'all get it, right? You, you, you walk in or they walk into your house and it's not very long that they say, Papa, Papa, hide and seek, hide and seek, hide and seek, you count. So I count. One, two, three, four, five, and then immediately you, you just hear their little feet going, pop, 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 you know, and, and then you'll hear them say, don't hide here, I'm hiding here, you know, and it's just, you know, you go around, you go around like that, and finally I'll say, ten, ready or not, here I come, and what do they do? Within about 15 seconds, they jump out, and they say, ah, like that, well, what do I do? I look back at them, and I go, ah! like that and you know we hug and then they say you count again and we just we just roll with it now my six and seven year old papa you count and count slow and keep your eyes closed and guys when they hide it's a 20 minute adventure now I mean, I know I walk past them three or four times, but, you know, and they don't giggle anymore. They hold their breath when I'm by, and then when I finally do find them, though, what happens? That same thing. They look at me and just like, ah, you got me. And I look back at them and we hug again and we do it again. And three or four hours will pass by with just us looking a few times. I mean, they'll hide on the roof or in the dryer or wherever. But why do I stop there and why? Because when I started reading this years ago, oh God, you are my God. Earnestly is what David said earnestly I seek you and then God just moved in my spirit and he said and when we find each other he just looks at me and he's got this great big grin on his face and I can see his arms out and I look at him and it's a connection together that's why David said what he said I know when I find you it's going to be wonderful it's going to be good and God's just sitting there saying you know where to find me. Here I am. Don't ignore that. Don't, don't just step, because you're having a hard time, don't step away from me. Run to me. Run to me. Then it says, my soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I absolutely love to teach this Psalm 63 to men's retreat. And literally, within just a while, some of the men there just sort of get a little bit weirded out when you start reading things like I just read. We'll take a break sometimes, and some of the men will go to the pastor and say, that dude's weirding me out uh, just a little bit. But guys, this is not my words. This is David's words. And David said, I earnestly seek you. My body longs for you. And when I look at this, I think about, as a little boy, those times that I crawled up into my father's lap. And I let him hold me close. 
And I will be honest with you, I will admit today that there were times in my young adulthood and probably even in my older adulthood and then those times that I knew that my dad was about to go home and be with Jesus and I would be with him no more. There were times that I wanted to just crawl up in his lap and let him hold me, whisper in my ear how much he loved me. Whisper in my ear how important I was to him. And I believe that this is what David is saying right here. God, I just desire to crawl up in your lap and let you hold me. Let you sing to me. Let, you, uh, uh, let me feel your embrace on me. It's not a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to find ourselves in times of prayer and just say, Lord, I just want to crawl up in your lap. And let this be a time, just me and you together. And it can quench my thirst even though I'm in a dry and weary land right now. Verse 2 says, I've seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory. Now we call this a sanctuary right here. And I will be very honest with you. I've anticipated both Sunday mornings to come and, and, and worship and, and, and behold the power of God right here. But I don't believe that this is the particular sanctuary that David was talking about. I believe that this particular sanctuary is this sanctuary. From the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. The Bible says that, that the Holy Spirit, therefore all three of the Trinity dwells in us dwells in this sanctuary and David said I have beheld your power in my sanctuary and he reflects back on those times that that God saved him when the numbers were far out uh, standing against him I asked the Lord as this year started approaching God is there anything that I want to say to pastors and wives and missionaries and others that come to Shade Tree Ministry this year that I haven't been saying to them in the last couple of years? And immediately he said, yes, Mark, there is. I want you to ask them, do they still believe we are who we say we are? In other words, do they still believe we are the Trinity? Do they still believe that we are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? And then he said, surely they're going to say yes, and as they do... Just ask them and remind them, do you still believe that they live inside of you? Because so many times, pastors and others, but even you, at times can be so beaten down by the adversary that we forget who lives inside of us. And David said, I felt your power in the sanctuary. Verse 3, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. He's going to talk several times about singing to him, and I'll, I'll wait till I address that in just a little bit. But, but let me say it again, because your love is better than life itself, I will verbalize, I will praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, and in your name I will lift up my hands. Now, I've got to just stop there for a moment and just share a little story with you. Uh, God doesn't wire everybody the same way. 
And thank the Lord that he does it because I look at Sheila and I told you last week we uh, just celebrated our 40th anniversary, but I would hate to have to live with me. You know, I'm, I'm just, uh, I, I'm a little ADD at times and, and uh, emotional and, and stuff like that. And I, I like to share what's going on inside me out this way. And lifting my hands is just one of those ways. And, and growing up, though, I, I really was a little scared to lift my hands to the Lord. But I really wanted to. I really wanted to. So in 1988, I was at a thing called Washington for Jesus. And there were about 100,000 people on the mall area. And it was just a gathering of Christians to worship the Lord and pray for our nation. And there was a guy named Dallas Holmes. I don't know if any of you remember him. But Dallas Holmes was singing a song about arising, Jesus arising. And, and during that song, I wanted to raise my hand. But I felt like I had a little anchor on it. I just I couldn't, couldn't get it up to him. I couldn't, I couldn't raise my hand to him. And I felt the Lord speak to me and say, Mark, if you can't raise your hand to me right here, then you'll never be able to do it. So I just pulled and pulled and pulled. And finally, I got this one up. And then all of a sudden, I, I started working on this one. And I got this one up. And by that afternoon, I was right in the middle of the Pentecostals, you know. I just had it, you know. And, and I loved it, and I decided no matter where I was, from then on out, there was something to give God praise about. And I felt my hands going up. I was not going to push them back down. It was the same way with me about saying amen. I wanted to say amen in church. I mean, the preacher was saying some good stuff, and I wanted to say amen. Told my wife that one Sunday night on her way home. I said, Sheila, I want to say amen so bad when Preacher Holloway says something. And you know what she said? She said, well, that's about the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then she went on to say this. She said, Mark, if you want to say amen, go ahead and say amen. That's what she was talking about. If you want to say it, say it. So that next week, I practiced. I stood in front of the mirror. Amen. 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 You know, and I'm telling you, I was determined that Sunday morning if Preacher Holloway said something that deserved an amen, I was going to say it. And man, within five minutes of his preaching, he said something and I went, Amen. Amen. <laughs> Sounded like I was in puberty. But finally, it was able to come out. And David is saying right here, I just can't help but lift my hands and worship. I'm going to watch the sunrise over the Atlantic Ocean. Hopefully tomorrow morning. And maybe a few other days before the clouds come in. There's people on the beach that think I'm having a stroke. A lot of times I just can't help it. I just have my hands up. Verse 5 says, my soul will be satisfied with the richest of foods, like the richest of foods. David knew what good food was. He was a shepherd. I can see him and his brothers out sometime uh, uh, taking a lamb and, and cleaning it and roasting it over a fire. If you remember when David killed the giant Goliath, uh, he was invited to live in the palace, and so he ate at the, the king's table. He knew 
what great food was. I, I think back, you might think about what's your favorite food. Sheila's, Sheila's cinnamon rolls may be the, my most favorite food. And you can smell them all the way across the house. When we have people, shade tree there, they're upstairs, they can smell them. And, and you know, I just, I just can't wait to be able to eat those. And David said, even the food that I desire the most, I desire you more. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. So here we go. Second time he has said, my lips will praise you. A lot of times, men, and I know I'm picking on you some today, but a lot of times I'm in churches and we're singing and I will see men just standing there. And I'll even talk to men and this will be their response to me. They'll say, I don't sing. I don't sing. Now, I don't know if they're just that terrible or not. And that's why God puts the provision in there. Make a joyful noise, you know. But I want to tell you, you're cheating yourself. If you don't sing, if you don't have this opportunity, this wonderful opportunity to sing and you don't, you're cheating yourself. If you're going down the road and you're listening to the radio and it's not the roar, the sports channel, or the political radio or whatever, and you turn it over to WLFJ or you go in to one of those apps and you bring up some great praise music, you're cheating yourself if you're not singing along with it. And I wish I had time to tell you so many times in my life in the last 35 to 40 years that me and God have met together as I've been able to sing. I even told you one last Sunday as he sing, sung that song to me. Please, please, sing, sing to him. Verse 6, on my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. As I started getting more and more intense in this particular chapter, that particular verse continued to just jump out at me. And I realized that there was something that I could really, really enjoy with the Lord. And I don't know about you guys, but I'll wake up three or four times a night. And I started years ago asking the Lord, so God, when I wake up, let me, let me think about you. Help me to think about you. And again, I wish I could tell you those times that, that there's been times I've woke up and I, I've just said immediately, God, I love you. And I really felt like he has spoke back to me and said, I love you too, Mark. Now go on back to sleep. But there's been times that I've said, God, I love you. And he said, I love you too, Mark. But now that you're awake and I have your attention, let's talk. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever been at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and you just felt the, the wooing of the Lord, and sometimes you may have to turn your, your back to your spouse, and you just talk with him, or you get out of your bed, and you spend that time with him? And, and, and some things have been solved in my heart. Some dilemmas that I've been praying about have been made clear in the middle of the night. And David said, in the watches of the night, in other words, every three hours, I'll wake up and I'll think about you and we will have this time together. Verse 7, because you are my help, what's it say again? I sing in the shadow of your wings. Like a mother hen 
will wrap her wings around those chicks and protect that, those chicks. David feels that protection from the Lord and he lifts his voice up to them. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. And then after all of that praise, just like David does so many times, he starts talking about God's favor and protection upon him. Verse 9, they who seek my life will be destroyed. They will go down to the depths of the earth. They will be given over to the sword and become food for jackals. Sometimes in the beginning when I started preaching this particular chapter, I thought about at times not even going into those particular verses because it takes away from, from just that intimacy praise. But, but then I realized, and even with the help of a few pastor friends as we talked about it, that doesn't take away anything. It literally, literally sheds light on God's protection for us. And then the last verse says, but the king will rejoice in God. All who swear by God's name will praise him, while the mouths of liars will be silenced. It's an awesome chapter, isn't it? If you didn't have an opportunity to read it this week beforehand, I encourage you to go home and read it. And even if you did, maybe you can read it again and Maybe because of what I and the Holy Spirit have said to you, it'll shed even more light. But since you're in there, you go ahead and read 62 as well. Many of you or some of you knew my mom. And, and some of you know that, that my mom went home to be with the Lord a couple of months ago. And my mom had dementia for several years that, that turned into Alzheimer's. And it got in those last few years to that place where truly, you know, I, I would walk in and my mom did not know me as her son. Many, many times she would know me as a, 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 a kind person to her. So a smile would come on her face. Mom was, was uh, very joyful through her whole dilemma and that I know that doesn't always happen but I just gotta I just gotta tell you this and this will wrap everything up that that I've shared out of that chapter my mom again was that person in my life that that taught me the great commandment he, my mom's the one that taught me to love God love the Lord your God with all of your heart soul and mind and to love people uh, my mom taught me to love people beyond all measure, no matter what color their skin or, or anything else about them. I, I don't know if I said this last week, uh, but it's, it's worth repeating again. Um, my mom was that person that on Sunday mornings would put me in their little 62 Chevrolet Impala and we would start going and picking people up and we would pick children up, uh, we would pick adults up, uh, and, and sometimes those adults... They didn't smell good. Literally, sometimes I would sit on the, in the back seat and I would sort of put my shirt up like this. And my mom, who was only like five foot three, five foot four, I don't know how she got her arm all the way around from the front, but she would slap my legs like that. And sometimes, even after we got home after church, I would say, Mama, that, our car's going to stink all, all week. 
because of that guy. You know, it was that, it was that guy. It was that guy, the guy that had the snuff stains right here. You know, y'all, anybody know that guy, those guys? And my mom would say, well, I hope it does because it'll make us grateful that we have a bathtub and we have clean water and stuff. And, and she was trying to teach me. And I remember that literally, even though my dad was the preacher and he was a great, great preacher, my mom is the one that led me to the Lord right in their bedroom, right beside their bed. My dad was preaching a revival in, in Kentucky, but, but I knew something was going on inside me, and my mom got a hold of it. And I remember my mom is the one that taught me to pray. When, when dad would, would, would preach, then there would be the invitation and, and so many times we would sing 10 stanzas of, stanzas of just as I am, you know, and he would be standing there. And, but while that was going on, my mom would be standing and holding on to the pew in front of her. And she would just be talking to God. And I would be a little boy and I was looking up at her and I would watch her and I would watch her lips move. But I knew she was talking to God, to God. And, and as a little boy, it just moved my heart so much. And I wanted to be able to do that one day. Because I felt like if she talked to him, he talked back to her. And what a great thing that would be. To be able to talk to God and God talk back. And not only did she teach me in church on Sunday, but I would see her throughout the week praying for her family. That they would become Christians. Praying for friends. And she taught me to pray. And there was something that I realized about her intimacy with God. Her into me see, Lord. I want you to see into me, Lord. And I want to see back into you, God. There was something that I started realizing in those last years of her life. I started realizing that her body was decaying. And that her mind was fleeting away. But the Holy Spirit that lived inside of her was just as strong, possibly even stronger than ever before. Do y'all hear me? Do you hear me? That this body and this brain may leave us one day. But the Holy Spirit can stay as strong as ever. And so, the last night that my mom was here on this earth, I had the privilege of being there with her, just me and her. And, and you know, her, her breathing was very labored and stuff, and it got around 11.30 or so, and there was this recliner chair right beside her bed, and I sort of laid back on that recliner, and I would look at her, you know, just ever so often, and, and about 1.15... That laboring breath stopped, and I stood up very quickly, and I, and I said, have you gone? Have you gone? But her, her breathing was shallow at that time. So, Christopher, I just started singing. We just started singing. I, we sung Jesus Love Me, or I did. Uh, we, I sung uh, This Little Light of Mine and everything. The last song I sang to her was Kumbaya. Now, you know, uh, a lot of people think that Kumbaya is this little campfire song that you hold hands and, and stuff. But I want to tell you what, Kumbaya is an incredible song. What does Kumbaya mean? Come by here, Lord. Come by here, Lord. 
Come by here, kumbaya, Lord, kumbaya. And I'm telling you, there's been times that I've just needed God's presence. I start singing kumbaya, and I'm just running my hands through her, through her hair, and we're about to finish that song. She takes a deep breath, a small smile comes on her face, and she blows out, and that's it. And you could feel the presence of God in that room so strong. It was amazing, and I just stood there for just a few moments just to be able to soak that in. I called Sheila. I called my brother and sister. They came, and uh, I went back home after an hour or so. We, we slept for a little while, and I got up that morning, and I wrote this. I wrote on, on Facebook. I said, right before 2 o'clock, Mama went home to be with Jesus, and I was getting to sing Kumbaya to her. That afternoon, I get a, a message from a great, great friend of ours, a lady that me and her and her siblings and my siblings were raised together because her mom and dad, he was a pastor and a wife, and my mom and dad were best friends. And Gartrell and Alice, Kay's mom and dad, passed away about 15 years ago, and my dad did their funeral. About 10 years ago, my dad passed away, and then now my mom has passed away, and Kay wrote me, and she said, i got to tell you something, Mark. She said, I've been wanting to reach out to you all day, but I've been crying all day long. She said, you need to hear this, and your brother and sister need to hear this. She said, I went to bed last night, and when I did, I seen my mama. She said, in the 15 years she's been gone, I've only dreamed about her for about uh, three times, but last night... It was just vivid, and she was beautiful, and, and Alice was a beautiful lady. And, and, and I looked at her, and I said, Mama, let's talk. And she said, when I said that, she looked at me and started walking away. And I said, Mama, let's talk, let's talk. And said so she looked at me again and started walking away. And the third time, she said, Mama, Mama, let's talk. And she said her mom turned around and looked at her and said, Kay, it's almost 2 o'clock. I got to go. I got to go. And she said, I woke up this morning and the first thing I read was your post that said, right before two, my mama went to be with Jesus. Can't you see it? I can just see God standing up and saying, hey! Joyce Bagwell's about to come. Come on. Let's get ready. She's coming. And many of you may think I'm very foolish in thinking that way, but I am I'm right on that. I believe it. I learned a couple of things about God in that particular story. One of the things I learned was that God will do things for us sometimes just, just to do things for us, just to give us a gift. And I also learned something else. There's still so much I don't understand about God. There's still so much I can't explain about him. But I don't have to explain everything about him. If I could explain everything about him, he would not be God. I just know he loves me. And he loves you. And he loved David. Man... When y'all were practicing the song, 
Blessed is the name of Jesus. Beautiful is the name of Jesus. I just thought about, you know, when David was walking around here on this earth, he had never met Jesus yet. Can you imagine when they met for the first time? And he bows down face forward to God. And then when he gets up, God says, now a couple of thousand years, I'm sending my son back. What kind of reunion did David and Jesus have? So do you want that? Do you want that Holy Spirit that lives continuously? Because I would go, and me and my wife, we would ask Mama to pray sometime. And even though she couldn't carry a conversation on us, she'd bow her head and she'd start praying, and it was amazing. She would pray things about our family and stuff, and then she would say amen, and she was gone again. Or sometimes I would just start singing with her, and she would just start singing those songs with me. And as soon as she'd say it word for word, and as soon as the song was over, she was gone again. I want to show you a short little video of me and mom. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak. But he is strong. Watch this. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen. <laughs> that is great. That is great. <laughs> But then there was no conversation. That was not this singing. That was this singing. That was the Holy Spirit just coming out of her and singing about the beautiful love that Jesus has for her. He has that same love for you. And you can experience an intimacy, a love affair with God, just like David. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, sing this prayer with me. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Oh, little ones, to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. And everybody says, amen. We're going to sing a song. Maybe God's just moving in your heart today. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your life. The greatest gift you could give yourself today 
is this gift that he gives to you freely. Just ask him to forgive you of your sins and come into your life and make you a Christian. Maybe you need to come to this altar and just spend some time with him. Maybe you just need to say, Lord, I forgot. I forgot all these things that we talked about today, and I want to bring them back into my life and live in that abundance of intimacy that David did. Let's sing together.